So God has given me this word. Uh, how, how many, um, now I think this happens a lot of times in, in, in families, especially, um, where you might be in the same room with somebody, but they're not there. Kids are really this way, right? It's like, I thought I told you to do something, and, and they said, what? <laughs> it's like they weren't even there, right? <laughs> so I'll dive into this. We'll see how far we can get, okay? Is this all right? Are you good? Are you awake? We've had a, kind of a different morning here this morning, but it's good, right? Um, I want to look at where versus what. And um, God is very much about where over what. And if we can look at this, get something out of it, because um, so much of the time we are drawn to what is going on, what we're doing, what we have, what we don't have, what we're encountering. And God says, I want to take care of the what if you can just take care of the where. Okay, and sometimes we don't realize what we're doing is comp compromising what God considers to be of much greater value in the where by trying to take care or worry about the what. Okay, all right, this is kind of out there, isn't it? But, but if you can be with me a little bit, I think we can get some really good stuff. You'll start to notice how much God refers to where things are, where he is, where you're dwelling, over what you're doing. Now, what you're doing will be cared for if you're abiding in the right place, right? And so much about, so much about uh, your ability to actually do something. You know, I, I was thinking about this with um, <laughs> uh, children because... Braden is, is starting to uh, learn the violin, I guess. <laughs> and Well, here's the challenge. The thing, so I went, we, we, we bought this, this violin from this lady out here north of us, actually. They have a place like 15 acres out in the country. And, and uh, anyway, I said, so, so why are you selling this? And because it's a student violin, you know, and, and she said, well, my daughter isn't playing it anymore. I'm thinking... And, and I kind of look around the house, and she said, I also got rid of her piano. Uh, she's going to play the, the baritone now. And I'm thinking, there's a, there's a challenge here for somebody that's going to learn an instrument has a lot to do with the environment that they're in. If, so I, I, I was doing some roofing uh, some time ago, and... and um, on a Saturday, I, I went. I, I went to inspect this house, and it was. It. I'll just say this because I think I think sometimes there are some some cultural things that have an influence on this. Um, I went into this house, and there were these two little Asian children that had a tutor. They weren't going somewhere else. They had a tutor there that was teaching them the piano, and they were sitting there with their feet hanging. And it was established in that house, in that house, that they were going to learn how to play the piano. So because it was a, a, a thing that had been established for them, 
they almost couldn't help but learn it. It was expected. It was an atmosphere that was established in that house. It made me think back when I was growing up. I mean, I should be a lot better at a lot of stuff than I am. <laughs> but, but, but on Saturdays, we used to go up to Denver, and there was a Sister Schachterly up in, 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 uh, in Denver. My sisters and I were talking about it. We'd go up there, and they had a book about, you know, the Kennedy assassination. We remember it was sitting on a table. We, boy, that, while we're listening to our, or while our siblings are taking the lessons, we remember her looking through that book all the time. But, but when we got home, our house was full of musical sounds. And it wasn't just being entertained by that music because a lot of times it was making mistakes. It was, it, it was but because of where we were, there was an atmosphere of expectancy to, to learn an instrument. If you can kind of relate to that. Does that make sense? So, you know, you can just say, well, just learn an instrument. Well, you know, there's some people that are very talented. They just learn stuff. You know, it's like it's not fair. But, in fact, my dad was kind of like that. You know, he, he grew up in a family that didn't have that. But, but he, had, he had this teacher that taught him. She established in their school. It was a little one-room school. She started teaching him. And he developed an ability to play because she established a place. And God's like this. He, he said, you know what? It's not so much about feeling like you have to do something or it's what, uh, about where you, uh, what you think you have, what? As long as what's in the word, in the sentence, he's saying it's going to be something that could be taken care of if you could just take care of the where. Okay? So let's just go through some examples here. <laughs> let's go to Genesis. So, so God created the, the heavens and the earth. He created, uh, and, and he, he created man. And woman. But what did where did he put them? Did he put them on Everest? Did he put them in the ocean? He created a place for them, didn't he? He created a garden. He, he created an atmosphere. But what was the biggest thing about the garden? Was his presence. Right? It was where God was. Right? That's what he designed all of us to be, is where God is. It's not just what we do, it's where we are. And this is a big thing I want to, it's like, so much of the time, we get caught up into the what, even religious things. I was thinking about, um, you know, we, we got a Bible reading in the morning, and we've got, you know, we've got different studies that you can do. We got, and you know what, those can become what's to us. If it's not about where we are. As long as we're just doing something. And it's not about where we are. It's a hindrance. So remember what happened in the garden. God says you can have everything. And what did he do? Obviously they went for walks together. It was a place where they could actually hang out with God. But he said don't touch this one thing. That became a what for them that they had a decision whether or not they were going to give up a where for a what. Okay? And so what happened is Satan comes along and he says, did God really say this what? That you're going to get something if you take care of it yourself. 
if you eat this, you're going to get this. So what happened? So Genesis 3.23 says, uh, so my little statement is, when where loses out to what? So if we're, if we're having where versus what, that means there's a competition. So if we can look at what happened in the garden as a triumph of what over where? Genesis 3.23, so the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. Isn't that interesting? So the substance that was used to, to create him, he had to go out and now work it. What was he really banished from, though? He was banished from the place where he could be with God. And so now he had to actually take care of the what's on his own because he had given up the where in the presence of God. Amen? All right, let's keep going. When what is done or owned is overtaken by where you are, there is eternal life. So, and this story is going to kind of be in the inverse of this, but I want us to see that in order for the where in God to triumph, there has to be a letting go of the what, okay? So we're going to see this in, in regard to, remember the rich young man that comes to Jesus and he says, how do I get eternal life? And so when he came to Jesus, what the question was, I want the what of eternal life. So many times, even in our approach to God, we want something. We want a what, we want to be fulfilled in life. We want to have our relationships restored. We want all these things to be done, right? So when, when he comes to Jesus and he says, I want eternal life, what Jesus is hearing is, I want a what? He didn't say, I want to know God. I want to be in the presence of God. He says, I want eternal life. What do what? <laughs> I use that word. <laughs> Intentionally, what do I have to do to get this? It's not about where I am. It's about what I do. And this is how we are geared. Even in, in, in knowing God, what, so much of the time, what do I have to do? What do I need to do? There will be something that we do. But it needs to come from where we are rather than our focus is on where we are rather than what we're doing. Okay, so let's look at this. So remember he comes to Jesus. He says, what can I do to have eternal life? And what was Jesus' response? But to answer your question, Luke 18, 20, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. So he says, I'm going to meet this guy where he understands. Right? These are all the what's that you have to do. And, this, and he understood that. But somehow this young man still knew that for all of his doing of what's, there was still eternal life that he couldn't get. Because life isn't just about what you do. Right? The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. 
When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, what? Come, be with me. It's where you are. Can you see that? He said, let go of the things that all your what's have acquired for you and come, be with me. It's about where you are, not just what you're doing. Okay, so what what Jesus did was because of where the father was to him. So he's not expecting us to do anything that he's not doing it himself. So much of the time we want to say Jesus did everything that he did because he was the son of God. And that's not true. According to Jesus, he said, I do everything I do because of where I am. Now, where you are is your perception of. Of what's around you too. Okay. So where was Jesus? He was in the presence of his father. It was in the presence of his father. That he did anything. That, that was miraculous. Any of the healings. He says. Let's, let's read this. John eight twenty eight. What Jesus did was because of where the father was to him. It was about a place that he was in the Father. It was about a place that the Father was to him. Okay? So when he went out on the mountaintop, did he go out on the mountaintop to just learn how to do things? No, he, came, he went out to the mountaintop to be in the presence of the Father. And from being in the presence of the Father came an ability to do the what's that everybody wondered what in the world it is. We're watching a little... Watching a little thing that they were using whatnot, you know that word, all these little whatnots. Maybe we could use that now. All these little whatnots, you know, all the things that we wonder about. What, what? And God says all the what's get taken care of if you take care of the where. Okay. Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father taught me, I speak. These things. And he who sent me is where? He's not saying he who sent me is what? He's saying he who sent me is with me. When Jesus went out to do something, it was because of where he was. He was in the presence of the Father. Can you see that? The Father has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. See, this is all associated to where he is with regard to his Father. He says, I'm going to do things because of where I am. I'm not going to do things to acquire a status. I'm doing things because of where I am. A status that I already have. What did he say on the cross that, that was the end for him? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Not what have I done wrong? It wasn't about a what. It was about a where. Can you see how powerful this is? 
I think this is so essential for us in our, in our pursuit of God. That it's not about the what's. Okay, are you good? Yes. All right. So sonship versus slavery. Father versus, now that didn't come out right because that second father is supposed to be a small f. Oh, it is in the app. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Everybody get the app, download the app, whatever. The note is correct in there. I auto-capitalized all those, and so it didn't get the, the effect. So sonship with a big F father versus slavery with a little F father. So what is it about a father? It, it, now, it's, this isn't just a biological father. This is a father that you have been with, like Jesus said. He said, I do these things because I'm with the father, right? Now, he, he's not talking about Joseph. <laughs> now, he can do some other things because he was with Joseph. He could probably build a really nice, you know, something or other, whatnot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he, he's, he's identifying what comes out of us, what comes out of us by who we're with as a father, Okay. Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. You know, this world right now is full of people that think they're free to do whatever they want to do. Don't tell me whether or not I can kill my baby or not. My body, my choice. There's a lot of things you get to do, you can choose to do with your body that will either bless you or condemn you. Go ahead and have your choice. It doesn't mean it's right, you know. Um, and, and, and just things that people want to partake of even. They can say, I'm free to do this. I don't feel, you know, leave me alone. Let, it's this between uh, God and me. And yes, it is. But if you're bound to do it and you say, I'm going to lose relationship with you over this, it's really your slave. You desire to be with, with it more than with his body. Okay. And a slave does not do what? Abide. It's about where you are, isn't it? He does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place, has no place, has no place. Can you see the where's going on in here? It's not enough to just do the what of the word. It needs to actually have a place where it's, it's living, it's moving, it's breathing in us. Amen. My word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. So what's coming out of us in the what's is a direct relation and revelation of where we've been. Not just what we know, not just what we feel in ourselves. It's where we've been. Did you know that, that who you hang out what does that scripture say? Evil company corrupteth good manners or something like that? Um, who you're with, where you are, 
comes out in what you do. And what Jesus is saying, it's not just who you're around, but you become a slave to where you've been. Now, with, with, with God, it, it's this wonderful thing. We, we, become, we, we become bond servants. We, become, we commit ourselves to be slaves unto God. But it's out of sonship. It's not out of bondage. The enemy always wants to come and he wants to bind us in something. God wants to come and say, you're free to live in me. And when you get with him, that's what you find. As long as you're uh, concerned with the what's and you say, I'm going to take, it's like that, that, that rich young man. I'm going to take care of this myself. No, I'm going to hang on to what I think I am, to what I think, to the whatnots. I'm going to hang on to those things. Now, you have just given up a where for a what. You don't get to have the presence of God if you're hanging on to those things, right? Okay. So, when where wins over what? There's a bunch of W's there, right? Are you good? All right. So, what's it going to look like, though, when, when we're choosing the where? What, how is it going to affect us? And I just want to tap onto a little bit. Like I said, there's a whole bunch here. We could probably do a series on this, maybe. Maybe I need to do that. But, but this is so important for us to just see this, okay? So, to be a disciple, it's not enough to just be, to, to have a relationship with God. I want to have a, I want to have a disciple. That's, that's where I'm disciplined to what God wants for my life, Right? You can't have an experience of the life Jesus came to give you that's abundant if you're not disciplined to his way. It's like I can't be a professional football player unless I'm disciplined to do what it takes to be that, right? I can't enjoy, <laughs> and as a Broncos fan, I'm thinking somebody hasn't been disciplined enough this last week because, man, there was a bunch of, anyway, we won't go there, but, but <laughs> it's pretty bad. But how much more? We are called to a place in God that, that requires discipline, okay? But it's not just about figuring out what we got to do. It's mostly being disciplined about where we are, okay? John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you do what? Abide. That means it's going to be where you are, not just what you're doing. You know what? You can't help but be affected by the word if it's where you are. Amen? Then you're not trying to say, oh boy, I got to do this. I got to. It's not about the what, it's about the where. You get in the right environment, you get in the right culture, you will not be able to keep from being affected by it. Amen? That's what God's saying. If um, you are my disciples indeed. So, what will happen when his word abides in you? You will become disciplined. It's not about finding out what I got to do or not do. It's not a religion. Religion always does this. It says, this is what you got to do because this is what somebody said to do. And it's about the what. And Jesus came to say, no, it's about the where. So what happens when his word abides in? What? That's his expressions. That's who he is. You can't go to the presence of God and not hear his word. Now, so what happens, and what is he saying here? You know, what, what the world likes to say a lot of times is they say, oh, you know the truth, and it makes you free. No, 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 no. That's just a bunch of what's that they're talking about. He said, no, your word, it's only when you're 
when my word abides in you. Here's, here's what he's saying. He's not just saying it's, it's just going to be there and you say, oh, boy, I got word all around me. Yeah. No, what it's doing is, is the word of God is becoming your pathway. It beca- it's, it's lighting your path. It's showing you which way to go. And you're actually following on that path. Why? Because it's where you are. It's your path. It's telling you what to do. When that happens, then you know the truth. Why? Because the truth is coming from the where and not the what. It's not saying I got to get on Facebook more so I can find out the truth. It's not truth social, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's where you are. And if we're not in the presence of God, we are, if we're not in the, if, if God's word is not our abode, it's not, hasn't found, find a place in us. For God's word to have a place in us, it has to have an influence over us. If it's not having that, there is no knowledge of the truth. In fact, everything that you think is, is truth turns into allowing 28-day-old babies to be aborted. How? That, that's, that's the progression, you know. But where are we in this? We can't let the what's get in our way. We have to, to know him for his word to abide in us. Amen? Boy, there's more here, but let's keep going. In his presence is equipping identity. So what, what did we see here? Let's see here. So we, first of all, we'll be a disciple. Right? We won't just be somebody that, that wears a placard saying, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Beating up people. and All right. <laughs> no, it'll change who we are. Right? Not from a what, but from a where. Who we are with. Exodus 33, 15. So as in his presence, we will, be having, we will have an equipping identity. It's not enough to just have an identity. Don't you tell me who I am. I identify as whatever I want to identify with. No, your true identity will be found where you're at. That's part of the problem with all this identity nonsense. It's where people are. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with this, do not bring us up from here. This is Moses talking, right? They're going to go into the wilderness. They're going to actually try to occupy the promised land. He said, I can't do this unless there's a place for you right with me. It's about where you are, God, not just what's going on. I have to have you. Amen? For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? That has to do with a where, doesn't it? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on, upon the face of the earth. That has to do with aware, doesn't it? It's come out from them and, and be separate, says the Lord, right? What's he talking about? Not just trying to do it yourself. That becomes a what? And you become condemned in it, and you become discouraged in it. But if it's about where you are, he separates you. It's like Patsy was saying last week. He, he'll separate you. He'll be the one doing the separating. Amen? But what does it take to be a people that are known of God, that have an identity? I want to be known of, it's like she said last week, I want to shine. 
because of who I know. Because where I am. Not what I'm trying to do. Oh, I need to be a better Christian. You know, I, I had uh, this experience with, with uh, one of our relatives up after uh, mom passed away. We went up to this hot springs thing and we were in there just having a discussion and we began talking about mom and how loving she was and and, and this person and wonderful precious relative uh, but started saying about how they needed to start working on being more loving and working on being more and I'm thinking uh, you ain't gonna do it by thinking it's about what you're doing it only happens by where you are amen Okay, so there's an overriding hope. So what do we get? We, we get become a disciple. We, we get an identity that separates us from the world, right? That only happens where we are, where his word is. Then we get an overriding hope also, and it's a prepared place with him. Isn't this interesting? When Jesus starts talking about a future and a hope that we have, he talks about a place. He doesn't talk about what? Now, there are some pearls and there's some gold and stuff like that. But really, it's about where. Right? right? Because this is his description of it. John 14, 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a what? A place. It's all about a place to him. What does he He gives you a promised land to come and be with. You know, sometimes we wonder about, you know, David building the temple for him. No, God liked that because he likes to have a place. He likes this place right now. Why? Because it's set apart unto him. He says, I, I, it's not so much about a physical thing, but it's about a presence thing. Yes. Amen? Amen? That together we encounter the presence of God. From his presence comes everything else that we are enabled to do. But if we start down the do path before we get to the where path, wow. not the war path, the, the where path, <laughs> Right? We get a left foot of fellowship from the garden. All right. <laughs> and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, to where you will be. And where I am, there you may be also. The more this becomes alive, that it's not about this life, it's not about what's taking place on this earth. That's why Jesus said this. It's about a place with him that we're set apart unto him. It gives you dominance. When you have a hope beyond now, you can take care of now because it's coming from where you are. Amen? It's like that, 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 that young man. He said, just get rid of all the, the here stuff and come be with me. Being with me will provide everything that you need. Okay? What is known of truth? is found in the place where the Spirit dwells. Are you all good? John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide, he may do what? Now, he will, he's, he's going to give you truth. He's going to give you the what's. But it will come from the where first. Amen? So much of the time, we want to just get to the, to the benefits of the truth. Without even acknowledging or treasuring the where. Okay? I'll pray the Father he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot 
receive. Because it neither sees him or knows him. It's not with him. Unless you're with the Holy Spirit. Unless you're abiding in the Holy Spirit. So what should be the focus? All the what's? Or the where? Amen? Now, when you get in him, there will be a plethora of truths. Because he's the spirit of truth. But you find it from him, not outside of him. Amen? If you're trying to find it outside of him, you might as well be at the tree of life listening to the snake. Right? right? Exactly. And you're going to actually compromise the where for the what. Okay. But you know him for he does what? He dwells with you and will be in you. I just want to encourage you. So what happens when we receive New life in Christ. We have a new creation spirit, don't we? The spirit of God actually comes to live inside of us. But then there is another experience in him that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Where we're no longer on the phone when he's trying to talk to us. We're no longer watching TV when he's trying to say, here's something I'd like you to know. No, he's actually your focus. He's actually, you're, you're giving him your attention. Amen? And that's when what he says becomes something that abides in you. It's not just there. Amen? Amen. For he dwells with you and will be in you. In his presence, okay? So what do we get? We get uh, discipleship. We get identity. What was that last one? Um, We get to know the truth, right? And uh, joy. Yeah. So here's something that, that needs to be like a, a, a gauge. When I'm, when I'm actually taking care of the where, these things will be evidenced in my life. I'll be more of a dis- disciple. Amen? I will know the truth. I will be free in that. I will have joy. You ever been challenged in your joy? You think, what do I got to do? It's not about what you got to do. It's where you go. Amen? And you don't have to go far. He's right there. But you just have to acknowledge him. You just have to say, oh, you're right there in front of me all the time. Now what do you have to say? You have my full attention. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I was just preaching to myself a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? All right. Some, come on, we have to laugh, right? We're in the presence of God. We're talking about joy. So, all right, I'll look around and I'll see who's in the right wear place, right? <laughs> okay. All right, everybody starts smiling really good. That, well, that was a good way to get a smile. All right. Psalm 1611. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of what? Your presence. Where does your strength come from? Joy, right? So if you're going to be strong, where does it come from? 
Well, I got to learn all these scriptures. I got to do all these things. Now, they, they will be tools that the Spirit uses. Amen? But they're not the way. I'll tell you what, sometimes I've had them, I've, I've, I've been working the scriptures the hardest and felt the weakest. That's just my little testimony, okay? <laughs> if I'm not engaging and resting in the presence of God, it's from his presence that his word comes alive to be strength to me, amen? And the pleasures of living with you forever. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So this is just a different translation. But don't you like that? It's like if there's going to be life that God has anything to do with in its pleasures. It's not going to come from my endeavors to acquire it on my own. It's going to come. If, if it's going to be from God, it's going to be from his presence. Not just from what's, okay? His whatnots. So Jesus is actually, and this is kind of what, I, I just want to close this. We can, we can do this. This has been good though, amen? So, so God right now, and let's, let's go to Revelation. Spoken to the church, Jesus knocking is to enter and empower to overcome uh, for a seat with him. What is the reward that we want? What is the thing that we're seeking for in life? It should be to occupy our seat that's already been provided. To occupy it. Amen. That should be something that we desire. I encourage you with this. Because this is going to have to be something that we're pressing towards. Because we live in this earth right now. We're surrounded with a bunch of things that we feel like we have to go towards. And God's saying I want to call you away from the bondage to those things. To a relationship with me. That's about where you are. And not what you want to get. What you want to overcome. What's in my hand. I want it to be about where you are with me. Amen? So Jesus, let's go to Revelation 3.20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What's he wanting? He's wanting access to a place. He's wanting a where. God is passionate about where. He said, I'm not so much about what you're doing right or wrong. I just want the where. So I've kind of grown up in a, in a, you know, I think I was sharing on Wednesday about this a little bit, but in kind of a, uh, a, a holiness atmosphere, well, there were a lot of don'ts and, and to the point where I think, and this was just me, but it's not because of anything else, but where I could feel condemnation for little things, you know, and feeling like I need to change this. I need to work on this. God's not liking me because of, of something that I've done out of sorts. You know, has any, did anybody identify with that? It's like, uh, it's, uh, you can feel an oppression that I'm not, I'm not meeting up somehow. And something that has been the most precious thing to find out is that God's not impressed by what I do wrong. He just wonders where I am. Said, just come back to me. Just come to me right now. He's so passionate about where we are with regard to him. That he sent Jesus to make it possible for us to come boldly to his throne of grace without any condemnation. Amen? He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said, what? I will come in. He says, if anyone. 
doesn't say anything about a what, does it? If, it doesn't say if anybody that's done enough good things, if anybody that's, that's been reading their scriptures, if anybody that's been doing everything right, he doesn't say anything about a what. He says, I just want a where with you. And if you'll let me come in, what we'll do is we'll have a discussion together that will transform your life. Amen? <clears throat> I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. He's, he's saying we're going to have, we're going to work some stuff out together. But it's together. What the enemy always wants to do is get us away from God. He wants to separate us. That right? He wants to make us feel like we have to, what happened to Adam and Eve when they pulled their little shenanigan? They thought they could hide from God. Somehow we, we, we can have that kind of attitude. We, we get this separation uh, mentality from God. And it's like, he said, no, 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 no. I, I want to be with you. I don't care. I've taken care of the sin. I've taken care of the stuff that you're incapable of doing. I just want to be with. If you'll let me, if you'll take care of the where by choosing my opening the door, I'm knocking all the time to try to have a where with you. If you could just open the door. Let me be with you. Amen? It says here, to him who overcomes. He just said that he's going to come in and sup and, and, and dine with us, right? And he said, I'm going to be with you. And then in the very next verse, he says, to him who overcomes. It's like an end. It, sometimes it sounds like it's a complete different thing. But I believe our overcoming is directly connected to our opening of the door to his presence. Because the reward of the opening of the door to where he is in our life, it grants us to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. God is all about where we are with him. And loving his presence is the most powerful thing we will learn to do in life. To adjust our relationship with God from, from what he's doing for us, from what we're doing for him, from what we know about him, to going into his presence, enjoying his presence. Amen? Amen. Psalm 27, 4. I just want to say this one, this, this one uh, passage, and then we'll, we'll sing this song, okay? One thing. I have desired of the Lord. Man, this is like, you guys familiar with this passage? I think it's so, so precious. It says, one thing I've desired of the Lord, and that I will seek. That I will do everything perfectly, and he'll be impressed. No. What does he say? He said, I've lived around this God long enough. I've messed up. I've done the worst things. And I found out, what does he say? Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Right? Created me a clean heart of God that will be able to entertain your presence. For David, and David was the most eloquent of, of expressions of knowing God. And he said it. It's all about your presence. One thing I desire, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He's not just saying on Sundays and holidays. 
He's saying, all the days of my life, he said, the passion of God for me has become my passion for him. To dwell, to be where he is. Isn't that cool? <laughs> to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You see the order of things? There will be things that we need to learn and to do. But it comes as our focus is on his presence. And then I'll be able to inquire about the what's. From a position of where. Seated at his, his side. Isn't that good? Aren't you grateful that that's how our God is towards us? Amen. Let's ha can we just. Let's just open our or open our hearts up before him, and you can just sit there if you want. You can do whatever, <laughs> Paul. If you want to stand up, that's fine. But let's just let's just close our eyes right now. Let's savor the presence of Almighty God. This is this is what Jesus came to give us. Amen. Ex access back to the garden, back to the walks with the Father. Amen? Oh, let, let, let's let there be a cry of our heart unto the Father. Let's, let's say, God, one thing I, I want about you, and that's just you.